Welcome to another episode of Sports and Discourse with your host, Derek Stevenson. And unfortunately, on today's episode, we got to discuss another kind of disappointing loss. Um, played South Carolina on the road. And for whatever reason, we just couldn't get it going. Um, there was moments in the game where earlier I felt like we could have you know, made made a run, and we may have could have, uh, you know, stole a victory on the road. But we probably had one of our worst games. Now, nah, I'll definitely say it was probably the worst performance that I've seen from us because even though, you know, we still play bad defense as usual, the the thing that we normally can usually count on is we're going to score some points. Um, you know, like I said, this team averaging 90 points a game. So we kind of been depending on that to get us the victories. We give up 80, but we score 90. So normally we, uh, we're usually okay. We can come out with the victories, but this was really the first game where as a team, we had significant struggles on the offensive end. One of the things that stood out to me um, was the assist. And normally, uh, Kentucky shares the ball really well. They move the ball. They whipping it around the court. Everybody's touching it. Everybody's feeding each other. But we only had seven assists. And South Carolina had 20. So they were actually doing what we normally do. Um, and I think this was kind of one of those, this is one of those games where, you know, they say, what you going to do when you get punched in the mouth and Kentucky got punched in the mouth and they just didn't respond well. They, um, they shot bad. They, um, you know, they normally shoot decent from three. They shot bad from three. They did make their free throws. Um, they only shot 40% from the field. But like I said, uh, they only had seven assists. They had eight turnovers, so they had more turnovers than they did assists, which is kind of unusual for this team. But this is the reason why over the last couple of games we've been so focused on improving the defense. Um, Everybody's kind of been, you know, focused on how bad defensively they are. And this was just another one of those games where they were terrible on defense as usual. And unfortunately, when you're terrible on defense and you have a bad offensive game, this is the kind of game that you're going to get. And like I said earlier, I felt like if we would have pieced it together, we could have probably still got this victory. But I feel like they lost confidence. Um, I feel like you know, normally, you know, collectively, we we probably have four to five guys that play pretty decent. We might have one guy that goes over 20, maybe two. And, um, you know, we get to that 90-point 90, uh, 90 mark. But this game, um, you know, DJ Wagner only gave us four. What's up, uh, go Kentucky Wildcats? Um, yeah, last night was awful. Um, and I was actually out uh, celebrating my dad's birthday. So I couldn't really pay attention to the game like I wanted to. We was eating in the restaurant. It was kind of loud. Uh, the TV wasn't really that close to me, so I was trying to pay attention to it, but I was trying to make sure I was involved with what was going on. Uh, actually, my dad was trying to watch the game, too. Uh, but we had a whole lot of family with us, so we're trying to entertain the family, and we're trying to watch the game. And um, they just played terrible, and I just kept waiting, like, all right, guys, when y'all going to turn it on? When are y'all going to turn it on? And they just couldn't get nothing going. Um, but they just looked, you know, they have a lot of breakdowns on defense, but for some reason last night it was just worse than usual. Uh, you just seen a whole lot of guys – just having motion. Um, you know, they was flying around the court on South Carolina. 
moving the ball guys was cutting back doors like they was just pretty much running offense the way Kentucky normally runs offense and um but the difference was they was playing defense along with it and that's what um we just waiting for this team to figure it out on defense and they just they just get lost so much out there and it's it's just wild because I never seen a group of guys that seem to have decently high basketball IQs. When when Kentucky's playing offense and they moving the ball, guys is knocking down threes, uh, they making great passes to each other, having a, a high number of assists, and then we looking at them, we're like, man, they got such good basketball IQ. But on the other end, it's like they never played defense in their life before, and you know, I'm not trying to be too critical because I understand they playing at a higher level than what they was used to in college, but it just I feel like they must have never tried to really learn how to play defense in high school because they just get lost so much. Um and this is like what we've been saying, we really missing a dude Thero because I just feel like we need a guy that can just come in and be tough. And that's what a, a dude was bringing to the team. Like he just was rough uh just making his you know his presence felt when he was on the court he was banging he was getting tip dunks uh just scrapping and he wasn't really getting moved around too much um and that's always been the problem is a lot of our guys just get moved around so easy and um when I was watching some of the highlights back I seen um I seen a lot of discouraging moments where I'm looking at guys that's not really necessarily in the play and they just standing straight up watching. And it's like, I get it. Like you can't be involved in every single play, but you can be alert. You can be attentive to what's going on. You can be moving, ready to rotate. And we just, I just seen a lot of our guys standing straight up, not ready to react, just watching what was happening. And, um, that's kind of discouraging because it's like, okay, makes me feel like y'all giving up. Like you're not even going to try to get involved. Um, not really hungry to make a play. And that's one of the things where like, if you go back and look at some of Kentucky's um, better teams that they've had over the years, uh, you can even go back to the 2012 um, team that won the championship with Anthony Davis and Terrence Jones and Gilchrist and Lamb and all of them, Darius Miller, Teague. Um, if you go back and watch them play, the one thing that would stand out to you was they was just as hungry on the defensive end as they was on the offense. Like Anthony Davis is trying to block every single shot. It was almost like him and Terrence Jones was trying to have a contest of who could block the most shots. Um, and if you was lucky enough to get an offensive rebound on Kentucky, you was going to have two or three guys trying to block your shot every single time. Because even Gilchrist was going to be trying to get some blocks, some help side blocks. Um, they chasing down defenders. Even if they was getting backdoored, uh, a lot of the times, if you just remember those guys, they uh, recovered sometimes and got some blocks because they just didn't give up on the play. And with this team, you see a lot of times where they kind of just give up on the play and just it's like they accept that they got beat and they don't try to make up. And they gave up too, way too many baskets like that. Um, they didn't move the ball. There were numerous times I seen someone wide open and they would take the hardest shot. Yeah, I noticed that too a lot. Um, like I said earlier, they only had seven assists, which is highly unusual for this team. But I definitely noticed that too. Um, it was way more one-on-one -on -one shots than normal. Um, and then, like I said, DJ Wagner made a couple of nice plays, but going two for 10, you play 30 minutes and you go two for 10, four points, three assists, you pretty much, you know, not to be too hard on DJ, but he kind of hurt the team. Um, we got to just call it what it is. Um, and that's, you know, Shepard didn't really give us nothing. Shepard only played 14 minutes. Um, but he didn't really give us nothing. And, you know, we usually always expect at least 12 men up from Shep. Uh, he had a couple of games where, you know, he kind of gave us 
a letdown game like last night. But normally we can count on Shep. But in games like this where we need, you know, we need really need the production, we got to be able to depend on everything. Um, I was at Red Robin last night watching the game on my phone for my cousin's 40th birthday. Yeah, it seemed like everybody was out watching it. <laughs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist was that dude on defense. He was. Um, he was strong, athletic, but that team just had such a high motor on defense. That's If this team had the same determination, the same hunger, uh, the same will, as that team, they would probably win the championship because offensively, I don't doubt that they could do, you know, what that team done, if not maybe even better. But that team just defensively, like like I said, it was like a competition of who could lock down defenders, who could block the most shots. Like everybody, you know, even the guys coming off the bench, maybe, you know, they might have one defender, maybe Cal Wilcher or somebody that wasn't a great defender, but – Everybody else was playing high-level defense on that team, and that's probably why they won the championship more than because of their offensive ability. Um, because, you know, Anthony Davis was only giving us, like, what, 10 to 14 points a game? I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't very much. Um, but it was that defense. He was just a game-changer on defense, uh, blocking shots at all three levels, three-point, mid-range, and around the basket. And um, – it was like he sparked the whole team to just be, like, energetic on defense. And this is going to be this team's downfall if they don't figure out. Um, and, you know, like we were saying uh, on the other stream, it's not even, like, they don't even have to be top five defensively in the country, but they just got to be decent. Um, just decent enough to give you a chance because they can't keep depending on scoring 90 points a game, especially if they're giving up 80. Purdue, Arizona, and UConn, all three have had double-digit losses on the road this year. Hopefully, they, they wake up and lock in. Yeah, that's – like, I was talking to one of my partners about it, and, um, you know, he was saying that he think his team is going to lose eight or nine games. And I said, well, that may or may not happen, but I do feel like they still got a chance um, because – like you said, I feel like there's not a whole lot of teams out there that I know are just way better than Kentucky. There's a handful of teams that I think, you know, if Kentucky plays like that, you know, obviously they could probably lose to anybody. But if Kentucky plays great on offense like they normally do and solid on defense like they rarely do, but if they give you a solid defensive game, I don't think it's – only but maybe a handful of teams in the country that could probably beat them. Um, so I got, I still have a lot of faith in the team. But when they play this bad defensively, it's just scary because you feel like they could lose a game like last night that they probably shouldn't have lost. And you just don't want to see that happen in the tournament, obviously. Um, Justin played 23 minutes and scored two points. <laughs> yeah. Justin and DJ didn't give us anything, man. And I know Justin, you know, he's been struggling. So, at this point, I don't really expect a whole lot out of Justin. Um, and I'm not trying to knock him or hate on him, but just, you know, we just got to be honest about it. He hasn't really found his his stride yet. Um, so, we ain't really is expecting him to – give us that much but normally when he's not playing that well Calipari kind of limits his minutes so for him to still get 23 minutes and only give us two points and two rebounds it's not very much production um but like I said DJ was the one to me that kind of I'm like come on DJ 30 minutes and four points and then you know I'm gonna get to Big Z but Big Z kind of disappointed me a lot too because um I just kind of thought Big Z was going to be that one that was going to consistently like like the way I, I feel like I can rely on Trey Mitchell. Um, I thought, OK, I got another one like that. Like I thought Big Z and Trey was going to just be my my old reliables that I know for a fact they're going to give me somewhere around double doubles or at least, you know, 
double digit scoring and you know mid to high single digits at least in rebounds um and big z couldn't get it going um bradshaw didn't give us nothing onionzo didn't give us nothing we had a collection of three seven footers and you know we terrible on defense and I just didn't imagine that having three seven-footers, we would be this bad on defense. So that's just one of them things that just – I can't even explain. Yeah, I played Burks over Edward at this point until a dude Thero returns. I think um, they might as well give him a shot. Um, because at this point – I mean, what's he going to do? Give you two points and two rebounds the same as Justin. So, I mean, they might as well let him try. It's it's some games where he might be able to make an impact because one thing I, that I will say um, about Burks is I feel like Burks plays hard every time he's in there. He hustles. Um, you know, he kind of plays similar to the way a dude Thero plays. He just, you know, He's not as good as as Thero is yet, but um he tries hard. He's he hustles. He he scraps. You know he dive on the floor. So I mean at this point they might as well give him a shot because I mean we can't keep having um I mean I give I give Bradshaw a little bit of credit. He did. I ain't gonna say you know offensively Bradshaw didn't do anything, but he did give us a rebound. So you know I can't completely discredited the night he had eight rebounds is solid onionzo only gave us one big z only gave us two so you know we barely getting 10 rebounds between um three seven footers that's wild um but um let me see here the two dudes with the highest motor on the roster are adu and jordan and Reed Shepard. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you. Uh, I think all three of them guys play hard. I do think some of the other ones play hard on offense. They just don't play hard on both ends of the court. Like, I think DJ plays hard on offense. Um, I think Rob plays hard on offense, but – and and Tone, too, but – just defensively, they don't they don't give you the same energy, the same um, the same feel as they do when they got the ball in their hands. Um, and like I said, I, I seen one time where where Rob was just standing around watching on defense, and he just didn't even try to get into play. Um, and that's what I hope that when they watch themselves in the film sessions, that they can see that and be like, ugh. I hope it stands out to them in a bad way where they just can just realize, like, man, you just out there. You're not doing anything. Um, so that's unfortunate. Uh, but, yeah, those three dudes, um, Adu, Jordan, and, and Shep, they do play hard. Uh, and Onyenzo plays hard too, but he just has not uh, learned enough. And maybe, you know, he would have been more uh, further along if he would have started the season healthy. Maybe even Bradshaw too. Still got to realize that, you know, none of the three seven-footers have really got their feet uh, really cemented in this season yet. Um, obviously, Onyenzo and Bradshaw got more experience than Big Z so far, but Big Z definitely, um, he definitely uh, kind of disappointed me. I see where you said, uh, you know, he didn't leave him in long enough to let him let him get warm or whatever the case may be. Um uh, and you might be right about that. Uh, for whatever reason, he only played 10 minutes. Maybe Cal was just trying to ease him uh, in the game shape. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how, you know, how he's managing things. Um, but I definitely, um, you know, I I support Cal. But I feel like he might could manage this team a little differently. Um I can't really tell what his plan is or what he's trying to do. Like uh, with him just sticking with Justin Edwards, I don't know if he's got some master plan that he's working on or some tweak or whatever it is that he's cooking up over. I don't know, but I feel like um, I'm doubting a little bit why the way he, that he's managing. So um, hopefully he's got something up his sleeve, but I don't know what it is. Uh, 
Ryan Kelly said, they definitely missing the defensive identity. They are. I, I just think they, they're all so used to being able to score on people so easy coming from a high school. I just think they never really learned or really attempted to focus hard to learn how to play defense. Um, I think they just trying to figure it out now. Because, uh, you know, if you watch uh, AAU and travel ball, you know, they don't, they really don't be playing defense like that. Um, so that's one thing that some of these younger kids are going to have to start focusing on is the totality of their game. Like you got to improve your whole entire game. Um, especially if all of these guys is wanting to play in the NBA, you're going to have to learn how to play some kind of defense. Cause none of them are going to be that good right away that they can warrant being a starter in the NBA and not be able to play defense. Like there's only a, a couple guys that's talented enough to get torched on defense and still be able to start and play significant minutes in the NBA. Well, you know, so these guys going to have to start taking that more serious because that could hurt them in the draft because they just look so bad. Um, they look like they just don't know what they're doing out there. And I don't know, um, you know, I don't know how much they focus on that in practice, but at this point, I would feel like Cal's got to be dedicating a lot of time to that because offensively, they, they you know, they're they a solid team except for last night. Uh, so, you know, I would hope that you know, that he's trying to get them right on defense. Um, I'd start Z, Trey, Adu, Antonio Reeves, and DJ if I was the coach. Um... I like I like we was talking about you know on my last stream. I just feel like, and this is just my theory. I just think that um, some of this NIL's uh situation, I think it just kind of makes it hard for Cal. I think he feels like when some of these guys have these deals and these partnerships with some of these companies, I think his hands may be a little tied, um, and I think going for I, now with this transfer portal it's so easy to lose kids that i think he's you know he's trying to manage like his future recruiting uh because obviously you know he had dj wagner and um bradshaw that came from that same high school and then he recruited billy richmond that's also from their high school so you know i think he's trying to keep the pipeline's open so that he can keep recruiting good in the future. I don't know what it is, but um, it just seems like he's, you know, he's either got a master plan or he's probably got his hands tied with all of this transfer NIL stuff. So um, I have no clue. But I at this point, even though I, I, I still think Justin Edwards has talent, I still think eventually he'll figure things out. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, he needs to come off the bench now. Uh, I can't even set up there and justify it anymore. He needs to come off the bench. Um, and maybe that'll wake him up because maybe that'll make him feel like, you know, a sense of urgency when he comes in the game. Like, he can't just be out there loafing around. Um, gotta gotta take it, uh, take it more serious. Um, they got to get back to moving the ball and looking to make the extra pass. Yeah, last night, uh, I don't know what was going on with them last night, but um, I don't know if they panicked uh, because they just felt it in the atmosphere that they was going to lose and they just started going one-on-one. -on -one. But they don't ever play like that. Um, that was just shocking to me to see them only end up with seven assists. But obviously, um, you know, if if we look at the film, if we trying to give them a lesson to learn, that's an easy lesson to teach them is when you move the ball, when you look for the open man, when you create for your teammate, y'all score 90 points. Three to four guys get uh, scored like 13 to 20, and y'all usually have a successful night offensively. When y'all do the one-on-one -on -one stuff, y'all out there – forcing shots forcing drives to the basket then you got your hands up looking for calls um and we gotta be honest the referees aren't going to give you bailout calls like none of you guys have that type of clout in college that you're going to get bailout calls um 
So you got to play smart, especially when you're on the road. You have to play smart. They always say when you play on the road, you got to be 10 points better than the team you're playing against because you have to be able to overcome the crowd and overcome the officials. Uh, so you just got to be locked in when you're on the road. Um, and I know, like we were saying, a lot of teams is losing on the road. It's hard to win on the road in college now. And um, you never know uh, with all of the gambling going on now, you never know if, you know, if referees are paying attention to that, if the NCAA committee is paying attention to that, you just never know. Um, so you got to control what you can control. You got to make sure that um, you handle your business on the road. Um, he uh, Ryan Kelly said he's protecting their draft stock. Yeah, I, th I think he is protecting their draft stock. Yeah. Because if you look at it, a whole lot of them are still uh, projected to be lottery picks. I think I, I seen um, Justin Edwards might be projected to be the highest pick out of all of them. And he's played the absolute worst. It's, it's not even a question. Um, I think, you know, I, I haven't seen if, they, if they're going to put Big Z in one yet or not. Um, but I think... Before they played Georgia, I think Justin Edwards was projected to go ninth in the draft, which I can't even see that. But, I mean, based off potential, I can. But that's just crazy to think you could play as bad as he played and still be projected to be the ninth uh, pick in the draft. Man, that's wild. What sucks is we don't get South Carolina again unless we get lucky and meet them in the SEC tournament or A&M for that matter. I know. I think the SEC tournament is going to be interesting because I don't even know if, if we can win. Uh, I think it's possible, but I think it's very possible that we may lose. Um, I think there's several teams in the SEC, even, you know, omitting those two teams, but I think there's several more teams that definitely are going to give Kentucky a nice run for their money. Brian Kelly said Livingston was better and still barely got drafted. I know, and I kind of feel like um, it might not, it might not even be a fair comparison because I don't really think their games are the same, um, and I think Edwards has more upside than Livingston, but Livingston did play better, and uh, like you said, I think he went like forty second or something like that. I can't remember, but he was in the second round, and um, you know he's probably in the G League somewhere. I ain't checked on him in a while, so. But I'm sure he's in the G League. It's almost everybody, uh, you know, almost everybody went to the G League that was in last year's draft. So it's the perfect example um, of, you know, like we said, he's probably protecting them. Yeah, uh, I think, um, I think Cal is sort of slowly he's giving Rob a little bit more leash. Uh, his minutes are starting to go up a little bit more. Like he played 26 minutes and he actually had a pretty good game. He didn't really play make for other people as much as I may have liked. I would have liked to seen him have a couple more assists, um, but he still gave us a nice 16 points. He shot seven for uh, 14 from the floor. Um, he was only one for four for three, but overall, you know, he, he shot good. So, uh, Rob definitely, um, you know, Rob definitely going to get you some buckets, but Rob just, like I said, Rob got to get locked in on defense. Um, if he could get himself together on defense, he could be like the total package. Um, but he's just, you know, mediocre at best. Justin's just not that guy. Nah, he's not. Um, he just can't figure it out. I don't know. It's just something about that small forward position over the last couple of years with Calipari's teams, and that small forward just ain't been able to fit themselves in. But when the other guys come in and they run like a three-guard lineup, they don't really seem to have the same issue. So I can't really necessarily say that because when it's DJ, Rob, and Shep out there, they are toned with uh, any combination of them guys. They all seem to be okay, so I don't know. Can't really say it's that um, – but, uh, 
yeah at this point i i gotta bring justin off the bench i can't um can't fight that anymore uh you know and i'll just have to set him down and tell him be like man i gotta try something different um but you gotta stay focused because i still gotta use you um still need you to be successful but um i gotta i gotta see if i can find something else that works right now and that's probably a hard conversation to have but you know he gonna have to get ready for it uh if you're not producing that's a part of it that's why you came to kentucky to, to you know to get coached and to get pushed in practice and you know eventually move on to the nba um so you got to get in gear if that's your goals what was with that cylinder foul after mitchell got elbowed and they were all up in uk cylinder the entire game it was crazy yeah i was kind of confused about that too like like i said i was i didn't really get to hear anything because i was watching the game in a restaurant that was crazy loud uh but i didn't really understand what was going on with that either um so yeah man that's just one of them calls where they might have to start you know they might have to take a look at that in the off season and see if they might need to reevaluate how that uh you know how to officiate those situations because i just really wasn't sure what was going on with that feel like cal pulls rob every time he gets rolling it's frustrating yeah uh i've been noticing that all season um so i don't know i have no idea and they're you know one of those games that we lost um i might have been the texas a&m game i remember just kind of looking at rob and dj's minutes and you know i think dj played an okay game but i just remember thinking like if rob would have played seven more minutes and dj would have played seven less maybe we might have could have still got that game so i don't know like i said i feel like cal been doing some weird stuff the way he's been managing the team this year like and um like i said i don't know if he's trying to you know keep guys happy or if he's trying to fulfill or help these kids fulfill their like nil contracts or you know keep them from transferring i don't know what's going on <laughs> uh but it just seems like you know it just seems kind of weird that he's still starting edwards you know at first you know dj was playing bad and you know everybody was like when is he gonna start Shepard and rob and then DJ started to play a little bit better. Uh, so now, you know, except for last night, DJ played pretty garbage. But normally, uh, DJ is giving you nice uh, starter level uh, production. So can't even really um, look at that that way. But Justin Edwards really hasn't had one of them games yet where he was the best player on the floor or even the best player on his team. He's not had that moment yet. And most of the other guys have. Antonio has, Dillingham has, Big Z has, Shepard has, Wagner has, Mitchell has, <coughs> excuse me, Bradshaw has. Uh, you know, I really don't expect Anyenzo to have one of them joints, but everybody else has had one of those games where they was the best player, at least on Kentucky, if not on the floor. And Justin Edwards has not. Um, he's the only one so far. Uh, what if uh Edwards might transfer and go off somewhere? He, I think Edwards should stay in college another year, um, because I feel like I feel like a lot of these kids they they're in in such a rush to go to the NBA, and I feel like they make a mistake. And this uh, last year's. Uh, draft class is a prime example every kid that got drafted uh went to the g league at some point in their rookie season now if you just look at it like this is it going to be better for you to progress as a g league player playing in some little small town in some little arena with like two thousand people in there watching you and i'm exaggerating it might be a little bit more than that but um, a couple thousand people watching you versus like, for instance, if 
because that's what I think is going to happen to Brad, uh, to Edwards. If Edwards goes gets drafted ninth, he's going to get sent down to the G League, and he's going to be, you know, he's going to be forgotten about for at least the first couple of years of his career when he could be starting for Kentucky, playing on national TV, playing in packed out arenas, developing his game at Kentucky. And then when he's ready, actually really ready to go to the NBA, probably still would get drafted high. And then he'd probably be better off and be able to play in the NBA instead of just getting sent away to not be seen for the next couple of years. So I think a lot of these kids need to start reevaluating, um, jumping straight into the draft. I just think is is in and especially now that they can make money. So if you can make some good money, you probably better off developing in college at this point. I get it before when, you know, they wasn't allowed to make no money and you just want to start your professional career and get some money in your pocket. But um, now, you know, you're going to probably make more money uh, signing NIL deals at Kentucky or wherever you go um, than playing in the G League. What if Edwards is wanting to stay another year? Maybe he playing like this on purpose. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would feel much better if I knew he was doing it on purpose. Because um, I just can't explain it. Because I thought uh, when I, you know, most of the um, scouting um, sites had DJ ranked number one. And then a few of them started putting Edwards number one so when I started paying some attention to Edwards I was like ah oh, I see why they got him number one he may be the best one and um he's struggling the most so I don't know he wants Wagner to be great maybe to a fault I agree with that um I definitely agree with that I think Wagner is almost like a son to him uh so I definitely feel like um Wagner's at least kind of like we're going to say he's like an extended family member. So I definitely agree with you. I think he, he wants DJ to explode and be a super guard. And I don't know if DJ's a super guard. Like, I don't know if he ever will be. I think he's, he, I think right now he's an average guard. Uh, I think if he played two or three years at Kentucky, he could be a solid to really nice guard. Um, and then I think he could go on. Like I said, I think he's one, too, that needs to develop a couple years in college and um, so that he's really ready uh, when he goes to the NBA. And I think he needs to figure out what his game is going to be because I don't know if, if DJ's really a point guard or if he's more of a shooting guard. But if he's going to be a scoring guard, he's going to have to uh, learn to shoot a little bit better. So I think he could benefit from staying at Kentucky a few years. And, he's, you know, he's already getting some good uh, – nike money so it'd probably be better for him to be playing and uh wearing the nike stuff at kentucky than you know him going off to the g league that's that's just where i think a lot of these kids need to consider uh we need to go zone i agree with you uh but i just i just i don't think they can like i have to agree with kelly i don't think they I would like to see him try zone, but I don't think they they could play it well for the the same reason that Kelly's saying. They don't communicate well, and they don't have instincts to um, to rotate properly. So I feel like they would get lost even playing a zone. I don't think they would shift and rotate correctly, and I think they would give up a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, and I think they would get killed on the glass and uh, – it would just be bad. Anyenzo done had a, a five blocks in a game. Okay, cool. So then I'll add Anyenzo to the list where he had a dominant game. So realistically, all of these players has had a dominant game uh, except Edwards. So he's the one that's really not had that one game where he was super impactful, where he was just the man that night. Um so we we still waiting, Justin. You got you got to step it up, big dog.
Edwards won't be top 10 this year. I don't think he should be, but the last projection that I seen, he was like ninth, and I was shocked. Um, I couldn't believe it. He was the highest ranked one out of everybody. Um, and I know that they just looking at the potential because they looking at him. He's he's tall. I think he's like six seven. So we got good height. He's a decent ball handler. He's not an amazing ball handler, but he's decent enough. He's athletic. He's probably the athlete, the most athletic of all of the the wing players that you know are on the squad this year. Uh, he's decently quick. He's not blazing fast, but he's quick. Um, he looks like he could become a good defender. Uh, he's got the build and the frame where, you know, I thought he was going to be one of the best defenders on the team. Um, and he's not good at defense either, but, you know, they just looking at what he could turn into and they hoping somebody's just going to risk some money and they may be making a mistake. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't take him in the top 10 either. Um, I, I, I probably wouldn't take him in the first round, but like I said, you know, a lot of these general managers, they look at this potential and they just trying to roll the dice and, you know, they trying to hit one, uh, you know, so I, I feel like if, if we keep seeing the trends, like we seen last year, where all the kids end up going in the G league, um, if that happens for the next couple of seasons, I do think general manager will start to shift back to picking up some guys like Trey Mitchell in the first round. Because even though Trey Mitchell is older, like I get it, he's 23. So you're looking at him and you're kind of like, uh, I don't know if I really want to draft a guy in the first round that's 23 when I can go get one that's 18 and then hopefully this 18-year-old will end up being better than him when he's 21. Um, I So I get that part of it, but I feel like right now Trey Mitchell – probably would help an NBA team if they all just had to, if their next game, they just had to play an NBA game. Trey Mitchell was the one I would take because I feel like he would be the most solid. Um, so I think it's going to be a shift back to some of the upperclassmen getting drafted in the first round again. But, you know, maybe not, but we'll see. But that's just my prediction. So if that ends up happening, y'all got to give me my credit for that. Bro, I don't uh I'd uh I'd hope DJ and Justin both return, but you know, that'd be that would be crazy. Yeah, it'd be nice if they both did, but I don't I think both of them are gonna leave. Just being honest. But I do think they will be way better in their second year. There's a couple of guys that have came back in Calipari's system and went crazy their sophomore year. Um Tyler Eulis definitely, I know, you know, everybody, you know, thinks Tyler Eulis was good as a freshman, but I still think he was leaps and bounds better as a sophomore than he was as a freshman. Um, Emmanuel quickly went to another level his sophomore year. I think P.J. Washington made a real big improvement his sophomore year. So I think, you know, there's definitely room to come back get a little bigger, a little stronger, you more knowledgeable uh, and be way more impactful. And I think DJ and, you know, Justin could come back and have maybe not, you know, that much growth because Ulysses and Quickly just was on another level. Uh, but still, I think they can make a lot of strides. Um I'm so over Justin Edwards. Uh, you ain't the only one. It's a lot of people out there that just, they just disappointed in Justin, man. And like I said, I can't even, um, I can't even justify it no more, really. Like I said, I think it's just uh, Calipari. Like like we said, protecting the draft stock and um, I think the NIL uh, stuff. Because I think Justin has got some partnership deal with like New Balance or something like that. So you just never know. Uh is Justin Edwards better than Brandon Boston? Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, but Brandon Boston was was a perfect case example um, because Brandon Boston, 
He left Kentucky. He was he was pretty much a disappointment at Kentucky. Then when he when he went to the pros, I seen him a couple times in the G League. He was going crazy. Um, and I'm gonna put Ty Ty Washington in that same uh, that same category as Brandon Boston. Those two dudes, if they would have came back for sophomore seasons at Kentucky, I think they would have went to another level. Um, last year, you would have had Ty Ty Washington with Case and Wallace. I think they would have went crazy together. Um, but yeah, those those two guys, I feel like uh, I don't think Justin's better than either one of them. But I think he's kind of in the same class as them as like guys that would have been definitely would have been better if they would have came back for a second season but currently i don't and it's kind of hard it's kind of unfair um but if i'm just talking about what they did at kentucky even still i think brandon boston had a few games where he was way better like he he at least did some you know something for us justin ain't really done much uh so i still would give the edge to boston even if i'm just talking strictly what they did in college Scow was better at Kentucky than Justin Edwards. <laughs> and and you know, you I don't know if you've seen it. It's you can probably find it if if you care to look. But um Scow was one of them ones that really uh you know, I was I was mind boggled at his play at Kentucky because there's a clip on YouTube I think where and he's still in high school, but he's playing against uh Towns, they both in high school, but he's giving Towns buckets. So when I seen that, I'm like, oh, sh- Scow's about to come in here and do some work. Uh, Cause I mean, like he's giving Towns buckets. Like it's it's like he looked he looked like he was as good as Towns at that particular time. So I thought, okay. You know, Towns was legit at Kentucky, so I thought he was going to be at least legit. And um, he just didn't have the juice because he was pretty bad at Kentucky. Then he went to the NBA. He couldn't figure it out in the NBA. I don't know if he's still on the roster or not. I would say he's probably not. I'd say they probably have given up on him at this point. But, yeah, he just couldn't figure it out. So i say he just didn't have the juice. Um. That's one of the reasons Kyle has only won one chip. His players never stay. If they did, he would have more chips. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. And that's one of those, you know, when you Kentucky, some Kentucky fans understand that. Not all of them, uh, because a lot of Kentucky fans just don't care for the excuses. Um, But I do actually think that's a legitimate excuse. I believe that if he got a couple of his classes back, because even if you look at the 2012 class, um, they had basically Deron Lamb, Terrence Jones, and Darius Miller was like the key returning players. And then he added a couple of freshmen around them. Um, And that was enough. So, if he could just retain a few key players, he probably would have had more championships. Because even still, I mean, the man has took Kentucky to the Final Four four times. So, he's had opportunities to close that deal a few times. He just, for whatever reason, uh, you know, it just didn't work out for him. But um, it's going to be hard going forward, I think, if he doesn't start to surround some of these super freshmen with a few more guys like Trey Mitchell. Um, because I think, and it's no dis- disrespect to the to the freshmen and the new players, but if you had just like maybe two to three of these freshmen and you had the rest of the team was built with guys like Trey Mitchell, I think that would be enough to win the championship because then that way you wouldn't have to really rely on freshmen and late game situations, overtime situations. Um, you would know that you would have guys on the court that probably under mo- most circumstances are going to make good decisions. Um, you know, they're not going to panic. Uh, you know, they're going to 
when you coach them, they're going to understand what's going on. They're going to know simple things like how to play defense. So I definitely, uh, I definitely think that, um, going forward at some point, Cal may have to start looking at more guys like that, but I don't know if he will. Cause I know that's kind of been his thing. The, the super freshmen's, and you know turn kentucky into the nba factory which i'm cool with kentucky being the nba factory but i do when he has teams like this even though it's not really fair because basically you asking freshmen to play at the level of juniors and seniors but we only going to have them for one year so we need them to play like juniors and seniors like we can't really accept them playing like freshmen because we're not going to get a sophomore season from most of these guys. So we need them to play at a high level. We need them to be poised and under control. We need them to be good decision makers. We need them to understand how to play defense. If we only going to get one year out of you, we can't afford for you to play like Justin Edwards is playing. We don't have time to babysit you while you learn in the game because you're not going to be here next year. So we need to get the most out of you right now. And that's probably not fair, but it just is what it is. But we had severe. <laughs> uh, man, Se severe, uh, severe was one of Cal's guys, boy. Like, like we talked about that last time. It was, it was hard for, uh, for Cal to put, uh, put severe on that bench too. But I'm, I still believe if Ty Ty would have came back at some point, it would have probably been him and Kaysen starting, and then I think they would have been on another level. But, yeah, Severe, Severe was his guy. He loved Severe. Um, that, that probably broke his heart to put Severe on the bench. I know I know he fought that for as long as he could. But um, ultimately, obviously, it was the right decision because one of them – playing in the NBA and actually getting some minutes and the other one is probably not going to play in the NBA and that's no disrespect but just is what it is Skyle and Anthony Davis played a one-on-one -on -one the year after we went 38-1 and Skyle was giving Anthony Davis work see that's what I'm saying man like that's that's why I just couldn't believe Skyle was that bad because you know these these videos out here exist. Like you can go look them up right on YouTube and you can find them. Like he, he was, he was killing people in high school. So I just didn't understand it. Like, I don't know if, if when he got to that level, he just couldn't think the game through or I don't know what the case was, but we didn't really get nothing out of Scal. He was definitely one of the most, you know, disappointing super freshman that we've had uh brandon boston is definitely up there too but um even scout is probably one of the most though just because you know he was supposed to be that that next center that we had that was going to be dominant and um i know they were saying that oh he's playing out of position uh he's really a power forward i get all of that but it is what it is like Bam was playing out of position too, sort of. I mean, he was really probably a natural power forward, but he had to play center, and it just is what it is. Even when, now that he's in the NBA, he's still having to play out of position, so just part of the game. Just imagine if Shaden Sharp actually stayed and played last season with Casey Wallace the entire year. Yeah, you're probably right. They probably would have won the championship. Uh, that's one of them ones where – like I try not to get upset about that um, because I don't want to hate on Shade and Sharp because uh, I know, you know, I'm a Kentucky guy. Uh, you know, I bleed blue. So I want Kentucky to be successful, but I, I'm realistic about it. These kids don't necessarily grow up caring about Kentucky like the way I do. Uh, they care about getting to the next level. So I understand what Shaden's goals was, but man, if he would have just gave us anything, um, I think he could have been the difference. So that's, that's always going to be one that's going to be disappointing to me that we just didn't get anything out of him. Cause I do think he would have made a difference. And even though he probably ain't, you know, this year, he's probably way better than he, you know, he was the last couple of seasons, but just 
if we could have just got him on the court, I think we could have made a nice little run. I think Cal holds some guys back in a weird way. I don't know what it is, but he sometimes gets some really good players and they just don't play to their potential. I don't know if it's the roles or what. Yeah, like I I agree with that. Uh I think sometimes like I'll give you a good example. Um, I think Isaiah Briscoe was in a bad situation at Kentucky because he got sandwiched in between Tyler Eulis and De'Aaron Fox. So he never really got to play point guard at Kentucky. Um, so he was kind of like a point guard trying to play small forward. So he really didn't get to develop. Um, so he didn't really get to reach his potential to a few years after he left Kentucky. Um, which is a shame because I seen him playing a couple of pro end games and he scored like 70 points. So, I, you know, Briscoe was a hooper, but he just didn't really get a, a real chance to play his position at Kentucky. Um, and sometimes it just don't work out like that. And, and, and there are a few guys like, like, like we said, it's just for some reason, Justin just can't figure it out. I don't know if it's his role or if he just lost his confidence or whatever whatever the case may be, but he just ain't been able to figure it out. Obviously, uh, Chris Livingston. So we just done had a few guys like that. Shaden was the whole reason Cal had that number one class. A big reason for the underachievement was Sharp not playing. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. <coughs> Excuse me. I definitely agree. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, um, that's going to be one of the bigger what ifs. Uh, but you know, man, that offense was just based around Oscar Seaway. So who knows um, if Shaden would have played and they still would have just force fed the ball to Oscar, it might've still ended up the same way. But you know, you would just like to, to think with, seeing how talented and athletic he is that um he could have made the difference but who knows anyways guys uh i actually have talked way longer than i thought i was um yeah man it was a disappointing loss um and this is you know this this can be a great learning experience for this team because i know this one had to humble them because now calipari can can directly show them if you don't play good defense and you have one of those nights where you're not scoring, this is what's going to happen to you. And, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, like I said, in the very beginning of the game, Kentucky looked like, okay, we, we got a shot, and then very quickly it started to look like they were going to lose by 30. And probably they should have lost by 30. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully they learn from this, bounce back, and um, get locked in on defense because I don't want to see another game where they only uh, breaking 60 and pretty much losing by almost 20 and getting washed. But anyways, you guys feel free to uh, keep commenting and let me know what you thought about the team as usual. Let me know if you still think we can uh, hang number nine because after uh, Big Z's debut, I I was ready to book it. We hanging number nine. And then, uh, you know, they came back the very next game and disappointed me. So I don't know what to think right now. Like I said, hopefully they'll bounce back and we're going to see. But anyways, I'll talk to you guys later. Um, Y'all have a good evening. I'll see you next time. Sports and Discourse with Derek Stevenson.